In 2017, you may recall, we had a total solar eclipse in America. And basically anywhere in America for about four hours in the middle of the day, the, uh, you'd be able to look directly at the sun because it would be blocked. But I do remember around that time, there was a discussion about the importance of buying the right sunglasses. There are some special shades that you are supposed to wear uh, in preparation for this eclipse. Uh, because even just the slightest bit of sun, whenever it's not 100% covered, even just the slightest bit of the light uh, piercing through was enough to harm our eyes. And so leading up to the eclipse, even to the last moment, and as the eclipse would kind of fade away in, um, forward, that uh, we would have to use those, those glasses in order to see so that we wouldn't severely damage our eyes. And we know that it's true that on a normal given day, especially in the middle of the day, we cannot just simply stare directly at the sun, especially not for an extended period of time. You will hurt yourself. Because the sun is too bright. The light is too powerful. It's too much for us to take in. And by analogy, in a similar way, so is the face of God. In the Old Testament, there's a couple of different places where it says that man cannot see the face of God and live. And yet there were two Old Testament figures that really got close. One was Moses. And in Exodus chapter 33, there's a story about how on Mount Sinai, Moses is speaking with the Lord. And he asked him, he says, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord says, okay, I'll show you my glory, but my face you will not see. And the Lord tells him that he's going to put his hand over his eyes. And as his glory passes by, then afterwards he will release his hands and that Moses will be able to see the back of the Lord, but not the face. And he reminds Moses that if man sees the face of God, he will not live. There's another Old Testament figure that had a similar story, and that's the prophet Elijah. And on Mount Horeb, uh, the prophet Elijah is seeking the Lord, and he goes into this cave, and he's searching for the Lord, and there's this mighty strong wind. And the story goes that the Lord was not present in the wind. And then there was this earthquake, and the Lord was not present in the earthquake. And then there was a fire. And the Lord was not present in the fire. And then, as the story goes, there's a still, small voice, a tiny whisper. And Elijah notices the voice of the Lord. And so what does Elijah do? Well, he desires to go out and meet the Lord because he heard his voice. But first, he takes his mantle and wraps it over his face. He covers his eyes, and then he exits the cave and begins speaking with the Lord. So both Moses and Elijah had these experiences where they were able to converse directly with the Lord. They were able to hear his voice. The Lord revealed himself to both of them, but to neither of them did he show them his face. Because man cannot see the face of God and live. Until God took a human face. Until God the Son descended unto this earth 
and assumed a human nature. And in Jesus Christ, now God has a face that you and I can look at. But in his humanity, his divinity is veiled. And there is a a lot of people that looked upon the face of Christ and just simply saw an ordinary man. And many of those people, after encountering Jesus, simply walked away because they were not able in faith to see the divinity underneath his humanity. But there were plenty that did see it. There were plenty that, although they couldn't fully see the divinity of Christ, they knew that there was something different about him. They knew that there was something more underneath his humanity. They knew that there was something special about Jesus. And many of these men and women Jesus invited into discipleship, and many of them followed him and, and, and listened to his teachings and allowed their hearts to be transformed through the process. But only two, three in particular did Jesus invite to see the fullness of his glory. Peter, James, and John, three of his closest disciples, were invited to join Jesus on Mount Tabor. And it was on this mountain that Jesus showed his glory, that Jesus' divinity was fully revealed to be able to see with human sight through the human face of Jesus. And it says in the gospel that his face shone like the sun, which as we know in the middle of the day is so powerful, too much for us to take in. And his clothes were dazzling white. And it's very interesting that we have Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus. And the church fathers will point out that, you know, Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. And so it's fitting that Jesus, as he reveals his glory, brings the old and the new together. The Old Testament law and prophets through Elijah and Moses are at this scene, and so are the New Testament apostles, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus reveals his glory, bridging the old and the new, and bridging divinity and humanity. Jesus Christ is that bridge between heaven and earth for us, and God now has a face. What Moses and Elijah were unable to see in the Old Testament they are now able to see on Mount Tabor what their heart longed for their entire lives to see the face of the Lord. Now they can see it because God has a face. And that face reveals God's glory. This face, this face of Jesus Christ is a face of mercy. It's a face of divine charity. It's a face for you and I now to encounter the love of God in our hearts, that we can gaze upon the face of the Lord through Jesus Christ, and we can truly encounter the glory of God. And as St. Paul says in his letters, that glory to glory is transformed as we gaze upon his face. We are transformed into his glory into his likeness. You see, because we're not just simply called to be forgiven. That is part of the story. That is part of God's love for us. And that's part of the salvation history that, yes, Jesus died and rose so that we would be forgiven. But even further, God invites us into glory. 
that more than just mere forgiveness, he's inviting us into divine life that we would participate in the divine glory of God. And even before death, even before you and I enter into eternity, you and I now can experience a foretaste of that glory. And sometimes we'll refer to these moments as transfiguration moments, that you and I will have these glimpses in our lives, maybe in a moment of prayer, perhaps while receiving the sacraments, maybe through some encounter of charity. We will encounter the love of God. We will see the glory of God. And in those moments, we get a taste of heaven. What a great gift those moments are for each one of us. Because just like the three apostles of Peter, James, and John, they were given this glimpse of divine glory in preparation for the passion and death of Christ. Suffering was in the future. But now that they've seen Christ fully revealed, they're strengthened. They know now that when Jesus dies, his life is not taken from him, but it's freely given for us. And you and I, too, as we encounter the love of God and the glory of God in our own lives, this strengthens us and prepares us for the challenges ahead. It reminds us that God is real, that he does love you, that he does remain with us. And by his grace, we can get through anything. So I know that we're in uh, the month of August, and there's a lot of different mixes of emotions Some people are sad because summer is coming to an end. Some parents are relieved because finally we can send the kids back to school. Some students are nervous to get the school year started. Maybe some are excited. And maybe unrelated to the school year, others are just interiorly struggling with their own situations, sometimes really messy situations. Others are grieving, sorrowful. So no matter what you might be facing right now, Perhaps this is a really good time to meditate on the face of Christ. There's many saints throughout the tradition of the church that speak of the importance of this, that in our own prayer, that we would contemplate the face of Christ, that we would bring it to mind, that we try to imagine what does it look like. And as we meditate on the face of Christ, something really beautiful happens that in our own prayer, we encounter the divine glory, that we see him seeing us. And we encounter his love, we feel known, we feel understood. And we're able to converse in intimacy with the Lord. That's why I love to meditate, especially on the Shroud of Turin. You may be familiar with the Shroud of Turin, that's the burial cloth of Christ. And and a lot of people think that the Shroud of Turin was, was bloody, and that's why we have the bloody imprint of Christ's face, but it's actually not blood. The Shroud of Turin was laid across the face with the whole body of Christ. And as science shows us, it's it's, it's very interesting that it's not not blood, it's it's something else. It's, It's as if it's these light particles that are hovering over the sheet. And what we understand about the resurrection is that Jesus shined through the burial cloth that he shined through it, and that light was so glorious and so powerful that it left an imprint of his entire body on this sheet. And now we have just a glimpse 
a glimpse of the actual face of Christ. And so as you look upon the Shroud of Turin, you can see like remnants of the actual face of Jesus Christ. And I just love to meditate on it because it's, it's mysterious enough to lead you into contemplation. But it's real enough to remind us that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. He really lived and he continues to do so. So no matter what you might be feeling, I just invite you to, to seek the face of the Lord, to pray with the face of the Lord, to allow that to impact your heart. Because in the face of Christ, there's mercy. In the face of Christ, you are seen, known, and loved. In the face of Christ, we receive healing. And there is hope. Because in the face of Christ, there is love. I invite you as we continue this Mass, especially as we pray through this Eucharistic prayer, to imagine to yourself, what does the face of Christ look like? And in your own personal prayer, allow that face to be an intimate encounter with the living God. Amen.